Something is wrong in Tom Hanks' neighborhood. Mike Judge finds a new office space and fighting games come roaring back with one massive release. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 30-20-10, the internet's pop culture time machine each week taking you 30, 20, and 10 years back in time to the world of movies, TV, news, pop culture, etc. Uh, this week is going to be super exciting no matter what you are into because there is something for everybody in this episode. Mm-hmm. Two all-time classic movies. One of, I would, I think one of the most important games of the last 10 years comes out this week. Uh, in addition to that, a very, very monumental moment in television that you might have missed. And, uh, a, and a monumental moment in television you didn't miss if you've been listening to Laser Time, because uh, we did an episode about it recently, and that's all I'll say about that. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me? I'm Diana Theodore Goodman Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Sarah, and it's I'm not lazy, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> She can read my thoughts. Oh, 30, 20, 10, everyone. We were talking about the years of 1989, 2009, and 1999. I have no idea why I said that in a different order. Because it is not. Shake it up. It is not 10, 30, 20. That is not what we're doing here. So we always start in 1989. And we'll be talking about the week of February 15th through the 21st. So Valentine's Day, get back to last week. That was way last (laughs) week. Uh, This week's all about the 15th to the 21st. And we'll start, as we always do, in 1989. 1989, movies. Uh, I cannot... I looked at this and can't see... Did I hear of the movie The Mighty Quinn? Or am I mistaking it with, like, 19 other movies? You might be mistaking it for 19 other movies. It had a very small release. Um, but it's a solid movie. And I feel like this is... We're we're at Denzel ascending right Ooh. now. You know, we we had mm-hmm. like, oh, he's got a small part here, and then he's always oh, he plays Stephen Biko. Oh, that's a pretty good part. Okay, and then by the end of '89, everyone's gonna know fucking Denzel Washington's name. Mm. And this is one of his first like good leading roles. It's kind of a smaller movie. Hey, what uh, about Carbon Copy? That movie's terrible. Oh, God, we still have to. We're gonna have heart condition. We have to talk about, <laughs> and I'm I'm very upset about this. So is he not really a household name because of saying of um saying elsewhere that too and like the, like i make the joke about carbon yeah. copy that's the movie where he plays the lost son of george siegel okay um right george siegel a notorious white man mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. it's a very silly comedy <laughs> so like it is the least denzel kind of movie you can imagine but he's super yeah. charming in it uh but yeah. like he doesn't have denzel movies yet gotcha and because yeah. there is a- this is like leading role like he's finally he's the first name in the credits mm-hmm. he plays a cool detective with not a great jamaican accent and <laughs> it's a cool mystery thriller type movie in jamaica and it's really good and i like it and i don't know why more people haven't seen it it's robert townsend james fox no not that fox uh, that's two x's in jamie fox uh and denzel washington in the mighty quinn <laughs> where most people go to play to work. Now, the only thing harder than fighting the truth (laughs) is staying alive. Bring in Maui. There's a man out there. Dude, this trailer already wins the award for like most watchable thing on 302010. Uh, uh, do yourself a favor and look that shit up. There's looks, no one cooler than Denzel. Damn. Looks, running through a jungle to yeah. a burning hut. Uh, that's supposed to be Jamaica? Yeah, so. it's Jamaica. 
And our yeah, next movie. His buddy Robert Townsend is you know, framed for a crime, and then there's like skeezy white dudes around. I think maybe they work for the government. And and then Denzel's just a cop, but he's going to find out what's going on. Get some answers, damn it. Our, next, our next movie is sadly <laughs> not the story of Stan Lee. It's uh, True Believer. But this one's starring Yuji uh, Oku, Okuma, Okumato, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Downey Jr., and America's Rose, James Woods. Um, true Believer, everyone. Some idiot took on the case. What do they say? You do cases cheap. Someone else tried to cover it up. Someone got away with murder. Until now. True Believer. Rated R. Starts Friday, February 17th. Oh, James Woods top lining a film. When can we be done with this? Wow. When can we be oh, done with I think this? We're for done. a while. We got the hard way. I remember I went to see that for my birthday. One of the first rated oh, R movies I was allowed to see. Thanks, Uncle Bob. Uh, but Yeah. That's another one. It's like this was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it's a thriller about a crusading lawyer who's trying to get this kid out of jail as based on an actual San Francisco lawyer that I've met. That's why he has a dumb gray ponytail. And, you know, James Woods, cool. for being a garbage person, he, he is a good actor. He's though. awesome. It sucks. I like. There's so many things I like him yeah. in. Uh, and this this is like, I feel like this is like his wheelhouse where it's just like, he's really angry about stuff, yes. but also sarcastic kind of and like, mm. oh, damn it, I'm going to have to do the thing. Everybody playing Kingdom Hearts knows like he loves playing the role of Hades from Hercules and That's will come right. back and do it anytime. And he does in all of these video games and it's fantastic. Oh, I hate it so much that he sucks. Uh, except when he doesn't. Mm. Uh, but the the next two movies, like, holy shit, clear <laughs> yeah. out. Because this is these All like right. these Back almost up the nostalgia train. <laughs> these both belong, in, like, <laughs> if not the top ten of the nineteen eighties, the top twenty. Um, I, I'd say one of these is one of my favorite movies from this particular director. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. Uh, um, and I think I know which one you're talking about, and I'm yeah. ready to argue with you. But Ooh, okay. the first one, first one is, is a classic. Is so good, and like I. I honestly saw the second one more for some reason, and I I revisited this a few years ago in a revival theater and fell in fucking love like I was a little kid again because I didn't remember much of it. But there it is, one of the greatest screen roles, weirdly, for one of my favorite people, George Carlin, as well as Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Tired of school. Who is Joan of Arc? Noah's wife. Like to travel? Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Let's reach out and touch someone. Meet interesting people. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the iron meat. Excellent. Execute them. Bogus. Then hitch a ride with Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Are you Rated PG. Oh, this movie is so fucking good and i can't believe it's so popular because every time i watch it I'm like this is ridiculous this is utterly it's ridiculous oh so, so so stupid but it's, that's kind of how it's so charming because it's, it's just it it's really stupid and it knows it's really stupid and yes. it's having fun with how stupid it is because it, it begins a thousand years in the future where we see uh we now worship these two stoner dudes known as Bill, Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, mm-hmm. and we worship them. But it turns out the people we worship are going to get in trouble back in time, so we have to go help. It doesn't make any sense, because okay. how did you get here without them doing whatever? The, anyway, anyway, t- there's, a lot of, there's a lot of time paradoxes involved in Bill and Ted's, <laughs> but that's sort of part of the fun, especially that they're doing it mostly to not fail a history test. But, but right. obviously, you'd not fail a history test means you need to go back in time in a phone booth with George Carlin, steal Napoleon, and take him bowling. <laughs> sure. 
That answers uh, everything. What's your problem? You get to make Chris mispronounce Socrates for years and years at a time. <laughs> what up, Socrates? <laughs> uh, I, I say this about a lot of things, but like I don't know of two a bigger movie from the 1980s that features two live action cartoon characters mm. and that's why if you think mm. if this is bugs bunny it makes sense to start a cartoon with someone going back in time bugs we got to do this and that uh because they're like a cartoon character they are infinitely dumb and they're also indestructible they get thrown <laughs> around a lot it's awesome yep. it's yep. it's fantastic they take a they take a huge beating and they smile all the way through it it's a dumb 80s caricature of uh what would you call it a a valley dude, yeah, a Spicoli's, yeah. a couple yes. of Spicoli's, but a himbo, a himbo. <laughs> and they're, oh, they're, yes. so they're sort of metal heads. That's why, like, oh, Iron Maiden, uh. yeah, dude. Like, it's yes, that can <laughs> that, but I swear to Christ, it doesn't get obnoxious. That's what I kept thinking, and why I never bothered to revisit it. They're totally charming, and every couple of years we make a, we always make kind of a fun movie with dudes like this because they never say they're. They never show them smoking pot, but they're kind of stoners. Mm -hmm. So the guys from Dudes Wear My Car are like this. You have some Harold and Kumar in there, but these guys are infinitely stupider. And it's and uh, and the stakes are weirder. (laughs) And it's it's it involves the future and time travel and very very early CG. It's it's just there's not look. You have to watch one of these movies from the 1980s if you haven't seen the the two we're talking about Mm -hmm. here. Because Bill and Ted's is so so fucking good, and the sequel is somehow gets even weirder. And I can't yeah. wait to talk about that. Where they, yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about Bogus Journey because you know what kids like? The kids love the Seven Seal and they love it when you make fun <laughs> of Bergman movies. They love it when you send back robots from the future, Terminator style, <laughs> kill the lead characters, and they battle through hell and heaven throughout the rest of the film. It's fucking nuts. And uh, it, it's, it's fantastic. And I'm not like every time I see something, oh, they're bringing this and that back from the 80s. Like, don't fucking bother. I. I get a little tinge of excitement every time I see news about Bill and Ted 3. Mm. And it looks like it's the closest to ever happening. And it's because Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are both still friends. They love the Bill and Ted's guys. And and they've they've always talked positively about Bill and Ted's. Even up to the, if you look, even when Keanu Reeves was a big star, he was like, yeah, I'll do the voice in the cartoon. I love this character. It was was like, even at a time when we all made fun of Keanu Reeves for being this character, Mm -hmm. he's still Mm -hmm. like, no, this is fucking perfect. I love this. And he's willing to do it again. He's always said he's willing to do it. And Bill and Ted face the music. It has a title. It has a script. Mm -hmm. And I hope we finally get to see it uh, in the next couple of years. Bill and Ted face the music. This really Mm -hmm. kind of cemented, I think, our view of Keanu. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think he's ever really shook this I would like, have said persona. That. I would have said that till John Wick. Well, and John Wick yeah. has now become a movie genre. No, it's true. And John and I love John Wick. I actually have not seen this movie. Uh, you fucking asshole. I know. I'm a real <laughs> asshole. Um, but it's definitely on the list. It was just one of those ones that escaped me as a small child. But um, but yeah, like I've seen plenty of other Keanu movies, and I know that how he's treated like in in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And yeah, until John Wick, like he, it was basically. Even in the whoa. Matrix, yeah, like, whoa, dude, you know, it's kind of there. Every now and then, there's like an actor who is fully defined by one yeah. role, out like in pop culture, and just can't shake it. And I don't, I don't think he's this particularly shit. interested in shaking that. That, that, he's, that he doesn't hate the movie because yeah. like I have, I, yeah. I know I've told the story before. I have a traumatic relationship with Bill and Ted, which is probably why I never bothered to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Just when I was a little kid, I forget what I learned how to use the mail. Then oh, I can send away pizza points from my Ninja Turtles things and get and get shit. Oh, this Cheerios box. If I send away two Cheerios box tops, I can get a Bill and Ted shirt for two bucks. So I did, and I worked to school. And the next day, I was like, 
Ooh, Bill and Ted, you want to suck Bill and Ted's dick? Like, nine-year-olds are awful. Yeah, and children like, are so weird. And, like, I got made fun of mercilessly for wearing a shirt. Like, I just had my own agency to get my own mm-hmm. clothes and send away for stuff. I just, I wasn't even that love with in love with the movie, but I think, yeah, didn't, subconsciously I was traumatized to not, I didn't watch Bill and Ted for, like, Aww. 20 years. Uh, and, and, yeah, but now I watch it as much, much as I can. If you want to buy it, I want to say Shout Factory has... Not only great special editions for both films, I bought the the mega special edition because it comes with a Rufus action figure, and there is no <laughs> such thing as a George Carlin action figure of any other kind, so I'm proud to have it. Oh my god, someone needs to make a Shining Time Station one. <laughs> we could actually fashion a little outfit for so. him, actually. So. Little let me go to the craft hat. store. Yeah, let me go to the craft store. I will sew a little outfit for it. This movie's great, and you owe it to yourself to see... like. Just relax. Light one up if you have to. It's perfect for that kind mm-hmm. of shit. But like very, very light uh, 80s entertainment. Mm. Yeah. Um, Bill and Ted's Excellent exactly. Adventure. Light is a good word for mm-hmm. it. It's it's just light and goofy and fun and I mean, they're, whatever. They're, it's not without some stuff that wouldn't fly. I, it, I think I'm thinking of the second. Sure. The second one was they call, they call the devil the F word, mm-hmm. which mm. is still kind of funny. <laughs> it's the devil. Um, but uh, let's get to the next movie because this this was sort of controversial at the time because it looked very kid-friendly. Right. But not unlike the previous film that uh, from Joe Dante that like blew the doors off of the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a deceptive because it's really fucking creepy. Corey Feldman, Rick... Duokoman? Am I saying his name right? Dukeman. 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 He was a big stand-up at the time. He's, he died somewhat recently, didn't he? Yeah. He's, yeah, he he's the guy uh, who's trying to fix the grid and die hard. Uh, <laughs> Gary Fisher, Bruce Dern, and Tom Hanks in the fucking burbs! Walter's dog just took a dump on Rumsfield's lawn again. Tom Hanks loves the burbs. Oh. It's tree-lined streets. Mine, Walter! A paper on every doorstep. And a couple of human sacrifices in the house next door. Ray, this is Walter. No! <laughs> the birds. Hey, honey, I think we should move. This this movie is so much fun. I really enjoy this movie. This it's, is one of my I, husband's favorites, and mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. I I hate to rain on the parade. Then I rewatched what? it and did not care for it. What? Oh! Why? What? What did you not like about it? Um. I thought, well, if it's called the Burbs and they're trying to make a point that like, oh, the suburbs are actually nefarious. They look mm-hmm. fine, but there's evil underneath. Like, it, I feel like it starts out evil. Like, the, we only see this one tiny street where everyone's always on the out front, always in each other's business. And then they start thinking, oh, no, the spooky house, uh, they must be murderers or something. And then they go on this adventure to try to, you know, see if they're really murderers and all that. And my husband, Michael, made a really good point, which is like, we've seen this movie before, but usually the people trying to prove that there's bad guys are children. Yes. Or or, this, or it's a Twilight Zone a, episode, and then it ends right. where they find out, like, they are innocent. We're mm-hmm. the guilty ones. Mm-hmm. Take me to jail. And then it right. has another ending. Right. But, uh, I mean, this one, they start acting like children, but that <laughs> only made me more frustrated with the characters of, like, you're adults. You have money. You have cars. <laughs> If if you really think they're murders, call the goddamn cops. We're like we never see the cops until the very end when everything's already gone to shit. Do you think though that like, that speaks to like the boredom of the suburbs? That it's that. like that's why they do like kind of take it in it's like a fun mystery adventure for them to figure out instead of calling the cops because like it's yeah, the fucking such suburbs. Fucking busybodies. What else are you gonna do? 
Yeah, I feel like that they could have made that point and they didn't. They mm-hmm. tried to make the point that the, the suburbs are so boring, they make you go insane. Mm-hmm. They didn't quite get that point for me, though. I mean, I, it's yes, right. Like you said, directed by Joe Dante, and I really like his direction. He has a ton of fun. Yeah. I, um, I think it's 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 one of those perfect Joe Dante movies that shows like his Corman horror roots and his, his penchant yeah. for like family comedy together like i love this movie i was not expecting it to be as dark when sam showed it to me and i was pleasantly surprised by that i saw the theater twice when i was a little kid which Mm -hmm. is rare i don't i can't go to the theater myself because my dad loved it too uh and it was it was legit scary Mm -hmm. yeah exactly i uh, can see that another thing when we became teenagers and we were all gravitating towards scary movies and falling in love with evil dead the burbs got brought back because it's an 80s nostalgia comedy that also has a tinge of like macabre mm-hmm. and, and uh, there's some grotesque shit in here and brother Theodore's in it holy shit yeah uh, <laughs> now you see when when they actually get into the house and you find out it's brother Theodore and Henry Gibson living there I was actually like I'm going to be disappointed if it turns out they're murderers because these guys are adorable <laughs> I don't know damn I thought this would be like right up your alley dime it's just got no, uh, I feel like mm. there's there's a somewhere there's a better version of this idea like, like the script needed two more passes or something. Because mm. mm-hmm. just, I just didn't get the feeling that I think they wanted me to get. This, this, that, yes, like it's the suburbs that are making everyone crazy. This movie is, it's so weird because to me this movie is weirdly perfection. But again, that's partially nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's their day one in the theater. And, and I saw it again recently a couple of years ago. And I realized I forget every time because it's the most wasted role Princess Leia's ever had, mm. that Carrie Fisher is in this movie as this, this do-nothing mother. Yes. Uh, she, does, she literally does nothing. Like, what a waste of, like, one of the most recognizable actresses of 89. Whereas, like, Tom Hanks is doing the most. Mm-hmm. Like, he is... I like Tom Hanks a lot. I like him a lot when he's at his wit's end, <laughs> which... <laughs> Happens a lot, happens I feel like, in this here. movie. And it's always funny to see him when he loses it. Like, that's a really fun... When he screams. Point for, yeah, that's a really fun yeah. place for and him I to like go. like an asshole Bruce Dern. And that's yeah. here, too. Oh, God. Yeah. Bruce Dern. Yeah. I have such I like complicated feelings about Bruce Dern because he is, like, such a great actor and he is perfect for, like, every role that he's in where he's Bruce Derning around. <laughs> like, it's so perfect. But I just hate that character because he threatened so to staple a dog's asshole shut with his first yeah, lines. Just like, and I think about I remember him. standing up in my seat when I heard that because I'm naughty language. I don't have HBO. This is crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's just like Bruce Dern is just Bruce Derning it up. I mean, I I I yeah. think about him the most in um, Big Love. He's like so oh terror, such a he terrible person. Yes. And perfectly. But yes, the worst human being of all time. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty but bad and hateful. Great in everything he does. Yeah. Like just such a. And, and we're not even mentioning Tom Hanks because I don't know what the splash is before this. Big. He's coming off a of big. He's coming off a of big and splash, but like Tom Hanks is not yet the highest paid actor in the universe yet. Right. He's just a guy who's he's had a, a string of dependable comedies. He's also, though, ascending. Where's the money pit? Have we gotten there? I don't know. We, we got passed then, the money pit. We passed okay. the money pit. And then we also Punchline. Punchline. And yeah. then, right. yeah. Joe versus the volcano. That's I think that's way in the past. Coming yeah. up, yeah. it's coming. I'm yeah. Fuck, don't listen. I think to me that's coming up. Yeah. So yeah. this at, is at the time this was considered sort of a misstep for everybody, even though yeah. it ends up making some money. Yeah, um, but it, it also gets reared around week. Halloween and, and on cable like much more than movies from this period. Like your your odds of seeing the Burbs before Bill and Ted's is way higher. Mm. I think on on cable nowadays mm. because it's it's such a fun, deliciously weird movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Fuck, I don't want to stop weird. with the Burbs. I, I give that. 
<laughs> I almost want more weird. I want it to be even weirder. Um, but well, it's pretty weird. Moving into television this week, um, there's no reason to mention this episode. I just thought there's a string of no- episodes with naughty titles. Yeah. Uh, as Married with Children on TV this week, February 19th, with Eaten Out. Um, <laughs> What's this one about? Uh, it's actually stupid. Peg gets an inheritance of $237, so they go in a splurge and eat at a restaurant. Whoa. And wackiness ensues. <laughs> And on February 19th, we also have Murder, She Wrote, Fireburn, and Cauldron Bubble. Another good title. Yes. Uh, uh, a, good, a good title, and I just threw this one in there because it's got a great cast. We got Roddy McDowell, D. D- uh, Roddy McDowell, D. Wallace, Brad Dourif, and Bill Maher. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, could, like, I, wouldn't... That, I want to go to dinner with them so bad. Bill Maher, you can Not sit in the car. Bill Maher. Oh, yeah, Roddy McDowell say... and Brad Dourif. And D. Wallace, the mom from A.T. <laughs> I would think that Bill Maher would be actually in the episode called Eaten Out because he <laughs> makes a lot of jokes about eating pussy. Indeed, <laughs> he does. Uh, speaking of Nasty Boys, uh, Nasty Boys debuts on NBC. Um, I think a Dick what? Wolf produced. What is this now? Vegas Cops, an actual an actual agency. The it's a terrible title. Did Janet Jackson name them? Uh, hello, <laughs> don't get ahead of me. Um, I was just about to ask you that as a as a quiz question. Mm. How do you think they promoted this? <laughs> this really? This Seriously? <laughs> oh my god! Um, it's. I think it's no. where. It, I think there's a minor note that it's uh, where Benjamin Brad is sort of discovered by the law and order people she's oh, on this show okay and, um, yeah, not a Dick Wolf I, triple joint. checked not the same character uh but based on an actual vegas police department of uh, nasty boys i mean it's got to be part of the um belzer universe right <laughs> oh the oh what's his name what's the name of the that? munch universe the munch universe yeah, the munchiverse yeah. but uh wow you did peg the theme song they went for at least in this promo Friday. We're with the Nasty Boys on the mean streets of North Las Vegas as they prepare to make another house call. The nastiness has just begun. <laughs> nasty Boys the movie is now Nasty Boys the series. So yes, apparently oh, there was a TV movie we missed that was the Nasty Boys TV movie. But it's it was, a TV movie? It was a backdoor pilot. Oh, okay. For, okay. for a TV show. I was going to say, it looks like it's shot like an actual episode of Cops. Like the way they're like running after the, you know. It's damn dirty. Oof. Damn dirty. Almost Grown <laughs> concludes this week as well, uh, which was a Tim Daly, Eve Gordon drama that took place over three different time periods of the same people and was created by David Chase. Oh, wow. Uh, the Sopranos. I never, I, yeah, right. it only lasted one season. And the thing I wanted to mention the most, um, Comic Relief 3 airs. So we did a show on Laser Time recently about uh, charity songs. Yes. And Comic Relief mm-hmm. is, is literally an annual thing in England, but mm-hmm. for Americans, we associate it with this HBO comedy marathon mm-hmm. along the lines of the Jerry Lewis telethon but actually funny <laughs> yeah and uh, it's just getting started so it's not like totally star studded yet uh, but I did find a clip from the behind the scenes which features an improv between two of my favorite dead too soon uh, comedic actors Ooh. this is from comic relief 3 in 1989 we were just having a personal conversation just discussing life as we know it look at the size of this do you like this? Our accessory is important. I, I think, think very much are. so. For hunters especially. I know. You never know when an animal is just going to jump on you. And you don't know if he's going to match your coat. That's it. Or if he's going to become one. <laughs> that's, that's the most important thing. You know, I think... It's so... That makes it's my so heart surreal. sing. It, like, yeah, that, it, it really makes my heart sing. I have a big sing. grin on my face. And I, just from listening to it, I couldn't even see it. But it's, I'm going with Robin Williams and Jim Barney. Yeah, yes. and it's not just Robin Williams. He's in his Ernest outfit. Because Ernest appears on Comic Relief this year. But wow. they're both just vamping... 
in front of the camera and there's probably like hours of footage of this. Where can I, we mm. can we watch comic relief any like these old comic reliefs anywhere? It's nowhere because this I isn't from the show. This is like a promo do, for it. Yeah, I would love to do a watch along a la the Conan it's, one that we just released. It's fucked up. There there are like Mr. Show sketches you can't see anywhere oh else God. that are on comic relief. Like help it, us out, listeners. Tell us where like, we can find that because I would HBO. love it. Why can't we see it again? Do something Bob's Muda. <laughs> That's the, that's the thing you actually did do. Uh, wait, no, that sounds mean. Uh, no games this week in 1989 to speak of, but guess what? Straight Up by Paul Abdul is still number one on the music charts. We have new releases this week. The Raw and the Cooked by the Fine Young Cannibals. Is that where she drives me crazy is from? Um, oh, yeah. They're going to get a couple number ones out of this. Okay. I, the, I vividly remember that um, music video for She Drives Me Crazy. It, that song, mm-hmm. whenever I hear it, I like can feel the chlorine sting of the the swimming pools of the summer of 1989 <laughs> yes. coming out of all my friends' parents' stereos. Yep, I uh, I oh. absolutely associate it with going grocery shopping <laughs> with my mom and that playing that and Richard Marks. <laughs> we also not not to oh, storm storm the studio by Meat Beat Manifesto. Oh. Uh, but we're going to close out uh, with the Mighty Quinn the theme by Manfred Mann, and we will be back in 1999, February 15th, the 21st. Stay right there. Do you love hearing people talk about video games? Do you crave even more video game related content? Of course you do. Tune in every Friday for Video Game Apocalypse, the Laser Time Network's weekly podcast devoted to the digital addiction we call video games. Every week, we pick a topic to dive into with a top five, then break down the week in video game news, new releases, and more. Here's a sample of what you've been missing. The other thing that made Super Monkey Daiwoken kind of infamous in its later years is the ROM, of course, mm-hmm. is now out on the internet. Mm-hmm. People have been dissecting it to figure out how the hell this uh, pile of garbage actually works. And uh, they found something uh, kind of interesting. Apparently in the graphics bank, in an area of the, you know, where they store the sprites that mostly goes unused, a disgruntled programmer left a message that is extremely explicit. <laughs> and I don't Ooh. know if I can if I should even, like, say it here Go on. for it. Please. We can be filthy. Okay. Designer, Kaoru Nakajima, 26 years old, born 1960 in Toyokawa City, Aichi Prefecture. I want to lick some pussy. I want to prefer nice. miss. I like vagina and the clitoris. That's a Japanese, uh, a translation from the Japanese text. How did that make it past Nintendo's s- approvals? They didn't the check. The guy doesn't want to literally beat around the bush. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. He wants to meet a girl who deciphers his Famicom code <laughs> and know exactly what I mean, she's I, in for. I guess go go for a Hail Mary in that case. But what, what's important <laughs> is, did he use the proper honorifics when he wrote all that out? Uh, yeah. He, he calls the clitoris Kuri-chan, so yes, he's giving the clitoris the proper honorific. Wow. Right. You show respect for the clitoris. Well, that's that's not respectful. That's extremely familiar. Like well, a childhood friend. Which we all know he's lying, because no one can oh. find it. Am I right, guys? Am I right? I've been Googling it this whole time. <laughs> Google oh, just comes man. up with, did you mean so... cloud computing? <laughs> Alexa! Clitoris! <laughs> And it plays Baby Shark.
Check us out every Friday at VigigameApocalypse.com or subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Thank you guys so much for listening. Wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Geek Fuel. Geek Fuel premium delightful mystery box featuring six to eight items and an exclusive shirt. We always refer to Geek Fuel like a birthday present you give yourself or as a gift to a loved one every single month because Geek Fuel is all about brightening up your day once a month with cool goodies featuring your favorite stuff like Marvel, DC, Nintendo, Pop Figs, Zelda, Halo, Star Trek, Ghostbusters, Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, Futurama. The list goes on and on, ranging from pint glasses, cards, posters, shirts, comic books. And each box is guaranteed to contain $50 worth of stuff. And Geek Boxes start for as little as $14 plus shipping and handling. If that weren't enough, you can go to geekfuel.com slash lasertime and receive a bonus Star Wars item worth $20 absolutely free. If you're looking to put a pep in your geeky step, consider Geek Fuel. And if you want that free Star Wars item, head to geekfuel.com slash lasertime. When I first saw you, I already knew There was something inside of you Something I thought that I would never find Angel of mine I looked at you, looking at me Now I know You heard that right. Uh, it's Monica, and there is no dispute over a boy this time. She's here legit with no brandy help. She killed the boy, and that's why it's her angel. Angel, angel of mine. Angel of mine. By Monica hitting the charts this week. Oh, no, number one in the charts. That is significant. Number one. They are battling it out, and this is going to sit there for a while, man. It's just brandy, then Monica, then brandy, then Monica, then brandy, and Monica. They should be uh. in the next episode of Celebrity Boxing. That's what I think. Uh... Welcome to 1999, February 15th to the 21st. We have some new music releases to rattle off real fast. Uh, Anima Animus by The Creatures, The Next Level by Mr. Servon, uh, Apple Venus Volume 1 by Ecstasy, Eat and Dust by Fu Manchu, and The 90s Suck and So Do You by The Angry Samoans. I've Ooh. never heard of yeah. any of these albums. I've heard of XTC, but I've heard of the band. Yeah, but they're, not... they're like an 80s group, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Well, the times are changing. Uh, Wait. Let's t- go back a little bit to 1989 because I just, in the break, I texted my husband and he's in the middle of cooking dinner, but he said, mm-hmm. please check on HBO Go or Now and see if we can find comic relief on there because I just wanted to see if we could watch it. And apparently it's not on there, but if you have the Tubi app, T-U-B-I, there are two collections, a Greatest Hits collection and a Katrina one that they must have happened like right after Katrina that they did. Probably so, one that aired on almost like every network. Yeah, so mm. if you have the Tubi app, you may be able to watch a little bit of comic relief on there. Balls. Uh, I don't have the Tubi app. And... and I interrupted making dinner to find that out <laughs> for everyone. So uh, to, to, to once again point out the changing of the times. It's 1999, February 15th to the 21st. There's a little bit of news here. eBay says it will ban sales of guns and ammunition after determining that the internet is not an appropriate venue for this type of merchandise. Hmm. eBay, 20 years ahead of the game. (laughs) eBay, ahead of America. America. (laughs) (laughs) Which may not also be the appropriate venue for this kind of merchandise. And I only put that on there because I was just struck by like, I've never heard of guns on eBay. Holy shit, they made that decision 20 years ago. 
and I've avoided okay. every bit of controversy since then. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you're saying I shouldn't sell this Mac 10 to Weed Boner 6969? No, no, <laughs> not until you get a bump stock from uh, Agent Smith 420, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> uh, which you can get anywhere else. Uh, on the, also, let's talk about the movies of 1999. February 15th to the 21st, Message in a Bottle is dominating, <laughs> uh, dominating the charts, because as, as we all expected, we all love Message sure. in a Bottle. Uh, Why? But why, why why did we talk about this movie recently? Because it's excellent. I, I totally didn't see it on here. James Coburn, Sissy Spacek, Nick Nolte in Affliction. From Paul Schrader, the writer of Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. I think there's some dirty business going on in this town. Director of American Gigolo and Light Sleeper. What are you doing, fine cop? He's a lot like me when I was his age. You wouldn't do anything like that. Shoot somebody. Oh, In the acclaimed novel by Russell Banks. But at least I was never afflicted by that man's violence. That's what you think. <laughs> comes an emotional story of love, of pain. Okay, this doesn't tell you much of anything. Oof. This is very, very traumatic. But it's a it's a low-key yeah. picture with a really, really good role for James Colburn. Didn't he win the Oscar for this? He did win the Oscar. Yeah, yeah, Affliction is technically from technically it's from 1997. Wow. It, it debuted as film film festivals. It got released for qualifying for the Oscars at the end of '98, and then they finally actually release it here just post Valentine's Day. I guess you want to watch a movie about um, murder and alcoholism and uh, cruel interfamily cruelty. And the scars that that leaves on your psyche. The trauma inflicted sure. on you by a drunk James Coburn, Oof. who we just talked about in Payback as being a, a charming a charming mafia guy. But in this one, like he's just a ruthless asshole of a father. And, oh, he's real evil. And man, Nick Nolte can act. Yeah, dude. Though. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He, Having... I mean, he's just... This, this is... I mean, in a weird way, this almost is kind of ties into like prince of tides oh, in yeah. his role in that because it's you know also about someone like dealing with this family trauma mm -hmm. and stuff but in a in a much heavier way because it's paul schrader so you know like there's no happiness to be had <laughs> it's paul it's paul schrader who, who by the way up until like a few years ago made a movie every eight months and they continued to promote it from the writer of raging bull and taxi driver because <laughs> he hasn't oh, made anything good since 1979 <laughs> uh oh, god but yeah, this movie's pretty decent. A low-key movie if you're in the mood for that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And next, a bit actor showcase, man. And yeah. those are some freaking great actors. And the next movie is Heather's 2. I mean, excuse me, Jawbreaker. It is the movie <laughs> Jawbreaker uh, starring Judy Greer, Pam Greer, no relation, Carol Kane, Julie Benz, Rebecca Gayhart, and Rose McGowan. At a school like Reagan High, popularity can be deadly. I heard she choked on a jawbreaker. That is so cool. I don't think we've met what was the cruel politics of high school and all. From TriStar Pictures comes the battle of the babes. It's hard. It's over, Courtney. I am petrified. Jawbreaker. <laughs> this movie's not bad. No, it's, it's not, not bad I've at never all. seen it again, though. <sighs> I I just rewatched it because I I didn't think I'd seen the whole thing and uh, we got Heather's coming up honestly just a couple weeks Fuck and that's yeah. just one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. So I always thought oh it's like Heather's I don't care. So I went back and watched it and it's it reminds me of the Burbs and that I think it's got a great concept and then somewhere in the middle it just sort of like they need to pull it together. Mm. 
You know, I mean, I love the idea that, yeah, those three like super popular girls accidentally kill their friend and then they start trying to figure out what to do, how to cover it up. They get found out by nerdy Judy Greer and they're like, we'll make you popular if you don't tell. And it's like, Mm. okay, we have a great concept right there. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. I like everywhere this could go. But then where it ends up going is like, oh, one of the popular girls starts to have a conscience and then she meets a cute boy and then. There's stuff with her cute boy. And then Pam Greer's on the case. And she's a tough cop. And she's going to figure it out. Like, what, what happened to the black comedy and the murder? <laughs> why, why, why are we used off in this direction here now? Dark comedies we're, we're, are tricky, I think. Very. Because they, it's, it's really hard to get the tone right. And we're going to see one of the best ones ever later this year with Election. But oh yes, I mean I think that's mm. the blueprint for all great dark comedies. But yeah, I mean I think I think I'm willing to be much more forgiving to a dark comedy for losing the plot, like how you're describing, like with the Burbs mm-hmm. and now with this one, just because like I feel like it's one of the hardest tones to get perfect, especially through the mm. whatever that Hollywood factory is. Mm-hmm. Like you know someone in a suit is going to have a problem with you getting too dark. And they're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get the things, like, not everyone is going to get the things that make it funny and the things that make it dark and the dark things that are funny and the dark things that are not funny. Mm. So it's a hard, yeah. that's a hard was, genre. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, there are some dark things in here that are really funny. Mm-hmm. And then then they just feel like they sort of spin their wheels for a while. Mm-hmm. And then to get to the dark thing at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, couple good references to Carrie in here. I like. I like that the dead girl's parents are William Cat and PJ Souls, and I wanted them to have like a plot or something because I was like, oh my god, they're from Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Rose McGowan's great. Judy Greer is great. Carol Kane, you know, spirit animal, but uh, <laughs> just didn't quite do it. And it, it, oh, it has this one thing. Okay, this one dumb nitpicky thing that drives me crazy. Whenever I see teenagers in movies that are in high school but they have tattoos. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Unless they're prison tats. Yeah, I'm not no. going to say that until I can walk into a modern high school. So I somehow get the feeling that's totally cool now. That's oh, totally happening. I mean, I kind of have the same <laughs> gripe with dress codes in high school movies. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think don't you can this. show your belly button in most high schools. Certainly yeah. not in the 90s. Yeah. I did. You got to yeah. see, see, <laughs> see my prom picture. Midriff all the way. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, because this is also, we, we passed a little while ago, the video music awards where Rose McGowan Gowan just wore some chains sure. and nothing else. The butt dress. Uh, when she was still with Marilyn Manson, he's got a really funny cameo in this. Awesome. Right. I will say that he's got a sleazy porn stash and he is really gross looking. Uh, switching gears entirely to. Very hard pivot. <laughs> yeah. Very different movie. <laughs> Laura a different kind of coming of age story. Chris O and Chris Cooper uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal in October Sky. A boy who could see the future. I want to go into space. A father stuck in the past. You want to get out of here so bad, then go. A dream. Maybe I can go to college. There's nothing here for me. That wouldn't die. As long as you are alive on this planet, you have a choice. I come to believe that I got it in me to be somebody in this world. From the producer of Field of Dreams, October Sky, based on a true story. Oh, it's based on a true story. Okay. That makes all this silliness we heard in the trailer acceptable. Yikes. I'm going to be something. I'm going to triumph over adversity, Dad. I don't want your life in a mine. <laughs> yeah, I did not see I did not see this at all. I know. This sounds so cheesy. This mm-hmm. is actually a very charming movie. 
It's well made. It's well acted. Jake Gyllenhaal looks like he's eight. I don't know. He's God. He's got those giant puppy dog eyes. You see him going down the mine. Like, I don't want to go under the earth. I want to go into the sky. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's about a kid who gets expired, inspired by Sputnik. And he and his buddies start like building rockets and shit so they can go to space. That's that's that how you. I always wanted to be an astronaut. I never thought to like, yeah, I started my own rocket company and then NASA absorbed me and that's how I became an astronaut. Yeah, just, just like learn some rocket science. I'm by done with podcasting. Really not blowing your hands off. Starting a rocket and company. Maybe you can go to college and study it some more. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, this, the trailer makes it really sound weepy and cheesy. Oh, yes. And it is pretty weepy and cheesy. But it's good, weepy cheesy. You know, the true story of Homer Hickman. <laughs> Hickman, oh, Hick, no. sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to talk about that movie at all. I want to talk about. Yeah, the final I just want to throw in a good word for it because we got to blow right past it to get to the one. Oh, that God! Yes. I hope everyone's seen the better O O movie. Um, yeah. That would be starring Gary Cole, Stephen Root, Diedrich Bader, Ajay Naidu, uh, David Herman. The best movie ever from Jennifer Aniston. And the best movie ever from Ron Livingston, Office Space. From Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead. Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Comes the movie, your boss. Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. <laughs> Doesn't want you to see. Humans were not meant to sit in little cubicles. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It might be more fun to just get fired. And I've always wondered what that would take. Office Space Rated R on February 19th. This movie, this movie is so fucking good. It's really good. It's really good. It really is. It was, it barely got a release and it it was an absolute VHS find for everyone. Big hit on VHS. And God help you if you haven't watched this movie because there's something in it for everybody. Mm -hmm. if If you like The Office, like I think half of the awkward scenarios just, I don't know, are vaguely inspired by this. And I don't even know where it came from. In terms of Mike Judge, yeah. As far as I know, he's got King of the Hill on the air. It airs this week. Uh, he's got Beavis and Butthead on the air. When did that motherfucker ever work in an office? Let alone get it so it's accurate. Some, <laughs> yeah. At some point, he did because he made the short about someone that's getting right. their stapler stolen. That's, that's and right. And then somehow turned that into a whole movie, just like leaving that character just sort of in the mix. There, it's not actually about him. If it were, there would be a fucking terrible movie and just just but being a little nerd i was there. rooting for this movie because like i was obsessed with beavis and butthead love king of the hill and was there when snl for some reason debuted the animated short milton hmm. uh which mm-hmm. was just mike judge like i'm i'm gonna burn the building down like and which became steven root's character uh where's my stapler i need my stapler back uh I, I I was so excited for this movie, but I knew who Mike Judge was, and I always use this as a comparison when we talk about how critics treat comedies, because you can still go look at their reviews. Roger Ebert, by the way, got it. I'm, I was I was shocked to see that again, Good but on. everybody else was All like, right. see and see and under. This movie's too much like a cartoon. Like they don't know who Mike Judge is, do well, they? Also, <laughs> but, no, it's not. Yeah, uh, there's, is it? There's there's probably all these parts you forget. Like remember, like Orlando Jones pops up for like two seconds to I was addicted to crack and now I sell yes, magazines. Yes, yes, yes. There is a bunch of like cartoonish <laughs> characters, non-sequitur type. Even things. Gary Cole's character. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. need that right away. The guy, mm-hmm. the, which is a beautiful depiction of a boss who doesn't listen to you. Right. Which is a, a wonderfully astute observation brought out in this cartoonish character of Lumberg mm-hmm. by Gary Cole, the fucking wonderful Gary Cole. Mm-hmm. And everybody in this movie is fucking awesome. And you would you will see them 
I noticed them from from now until the end of time. Yeah, we were talking earlier about the jump mm-hmm. to conclusions guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 every time I see that guy, I perk up a little bit now. Yeah. And like uh, the weird Mad TV connection. There's a couple of Mad TV guys in here. There's so much about it. So many small things that ring so true about the fresh. I mean, I've worked in offices before, and like. I actually have worked in an office where a woman who worked there for 20 years, her stapler went missing, and it was an office-wide memo that she had had that stapler for 20 years, and she never found it again. And like, and she are, went insane. Yeah, there. These are real things that really do happen. I like, especially the frustration of the. Is it John C. McGinley? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can never get his name perfect. Uh, what but would you say you do here? Yeah, mm-hmm. having to justify your existence at a shitty job, like right, because I got to, to pick try my, to keep. I got it. to pick my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, is that particular frustration is so real? I feel like for so many people, especially in the '90s, when like there was, I think, a glut of like. I think everyone had a friend at some point who had some sort of office job that you had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Like you. <laughs> He works. I know he works in an office, and he goes I, there every I still day. Have that. Yeah, <laughs> I still have that. And friends like, I don't know what they do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it involves paperwork, right? Exactly. Work and putting cover sheets on reports. It's a running. <laughs> that's a running plot point in Friends for a, for several seasons. With the character Chandler, he has like one of those jobs that like <laughs> nobody knows what it is. It's. A transponster, actually, one of the best lines ever said by Jennifer Aniston. I, 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 I remember all me and my nerd friends were so excited to see this movie when it first came out. There was nobody in there. This movie made yep. next mm-hmm. to nothing $12 million, yep. $19.99 on a $10 million budget. But also, the marketing kind of sucked because if you looked at the commercials, yeah. you would have thought the movie starred the guys like, I'm going to show my O face. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh. Because that guy was pivotal to every single commercial. But it was a little different than that. And I don't know how we knew that with no internet, but we did. And it was it was so rewarding to see this like a year later as us like smugly like we knew that movie was great, mm-hmm. that the world fucking discovers it. And like it's a bona fide classic. And it definitely tapped into like some real 90s angst that kind of is still going on mm-hmm. now. Even the idea that like you go to college and you do everything right and then you mm-hmm. get this job where you are like basically – bored out of your skull, kind of doing nothing all day long. And that's what you're supposed to be happy with. And I love how it's contrasted with the character of Diedrich Bader, who seems like (laughs) the happiest, like, happy-go-lucky guy. And he does, like, what, construction? I know what he wants to do. We all know what he wants to do. Two chicks at the same time. Two chicks at the same time, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, he has a blue-collar job, and he seems, like, so much more satisfied with his life. And it's, like, I think that's definitely a question that a lot of people had during that time period. And I think this spoke so deeply to that, which yeah. is why it was like very popular. Myself included. In me, a cult and, way. me and your husband had like ended up getting like weird. I don't know how it happened. Get out of school early and go work underpaid at an office. Mm-hmm. But it was better than being in school. So we we're like, fine, give me minimum wage. I'll take my own office from 12 to 3 o'clock, 12 to 5 o'clock. Right. But that's why yeah. the movie hit me the most. I was already into this button down state work lifestyle mm-hmm. and already sick of it by the time the movie came out. And uh, I don't know. And it, it went on to inform so many things that Mike Judge did. Like, and this is his first movie mm-hmm. after a, 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 mm-hmm. like unprecedented success on television with animation. Uh, like the fucking raw ass hip hop soundtrack is basically yes. the soundtrack to Silicon Valley. 
Um, he made a movie called Extract, which I think he said was... I love Extract. It's really good. And he was motivated on the idea of like, man, I really laid into bosses in, in office space and then I became one. And maybe I should make a movie that's a little more sympathetic to the bosses. And people didn't see that either. Yeah. Then he made Idiocracy, which suffered the exact same fate of this movie where Fox is like, we made it, but we don't want to release it. We don't mm-hmm. have any faith in that. Where even that's like, it's much more cult than Office Space. But mm-hmm. I think Office Space is a official profitable classic. Like it's sold yep. in Walmarts and gas stations today in new editions. Oh, it's yeah. fucking fantastic. Yep. Swing Line put out a red stapler and mm-hmm. I'm looking at mine right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the weirdest form of merch. But, you know, if you really want to dig into it, though, Mm -hmm. it's like this movie contrasts different types of work. And like you said, Ron Livingston and Dietrich Bader, they have very different types of work, but they have the exact same quality of life. Like Mm -hmm. they can live in the same apartment. (laughs) Yeah. They have the same amount of free time. Mm-hmm. One of them is really happy. One of them is miserable. And then you've got the service industry represented by Jennifer Aniston. Yes, that's right. Being told by Mike Judge himself that, no, you don't want to do the minimum, but I'm not going to tell you to not do the minimum. <laughs> That's right, though. Mike it's Judge just cameo. like the worst, the passive aggressive boss, mm-hmm. which is like, uh-huh. just, just as, like all the bosses are useless and passive aggressive, and you don't know what they actually do except come by and give you shit. Mm-hmm. Enforce rules. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this movie is absolutely fantastic. And I, oh, yeah. every time, every time Super I throw out a, an electronic and beat it up a little bit and like chant, die, motherfucker, die, motherfucker, die, <laughs> just from the montage <laughs> in this film. Uh, this is really great. And it's, I can't imagine it doesn't hold up a billion percent. Oh, it totally does. Mm-hmm. It totally does. I mean, I didn't see this for a couple of years after this came out. And. I was just I, honestly because from so the ads that I saw, I thought it was a Jennifer Aniston vehicle, and right. I was like, "Whatever, friends, fine." Now they're trying to get into movies. I don't care. Even though it was Mike Judge, I was like, "I don't know." And then I couldn't find it, and, and then I finally watched. It. I'm like, "This has like all my favorite character actors in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's incredibly incisive. It makes really good points." The thing about like handing out cake and then not getting cake because you're passing it on. And then they yes. stop passing it. You don't yes. get cake. That's happened to me. <laughs> yes, I have been there as so, well. I don't know what all you're talking about. Little fucking things. <laughs> and I was like, ah, this movie is so good. What is wrong with the world? Why didn't I watch it? Yeah, a really good movie for when you're pissed off at your job. Yeah. Uh, maybe steal from it. Yeah. You can figure out a nice algorithm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like didn't even Superman get to 3. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We did not even get to that part of it. That's also kind of a caper movie. A, a little bit. It's just like so <laughs> at the bit. tail end of There's the film. There's a touch of it. Just enough. What, what? He just volunteers to go to jail at the end? What was that about? I can't. Uh, honestly, see, it, I can't it's, remember. It's, it's one of those I things just, I, like, I don't. Yeah, I, I they, kind of they like. They cut a check and they put it uh, in the office. And then uh, the, the office gets burned down and uh, Milton got the Milton check. Milton takes everything. Happy. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just one of those things <laughs> I forget about the movie because it has to end somehow. But it is just like a bunch right. of great sketches or fucking moments from the office yeah. strung together in a film. And, that, and the critics hate that, which. I don't know. I just don't feel like that's not a real valid criticism. You're just calling the movie what it is. Right. Uh, It's more of a slice of life movie than anything else. Infinitely relatable. Mm -hmm. But check out Office Space. We got a move in a television of 1999, February 15th to the 21st. Another funny name show uh, with nothing funny to say about it. Melrose Place's episode on February 15th. Saving Ryan's Privates. We all made the joke. <laughs> but yeah, Melrose Place solidified it. Uh, and I looked in the description. It doesn't make any sense at all. I think it was just they want to be the first to put that and put that up in writing. Oh, when I do the TV research, I do mm. try to look at like 
almost every episode of a thing just to see like uh, you know new guest stars or whatever every time i look at melrose place like Nothing descriptions i'm like none of i don't know what any of this means <laughs> uh on february 17th we have a debut uh we'll give you a little quiz what channel do you think the planet's funniest animals debuted on <laughs> uh animal planet it's got the name in the title uh it was, ori- God. It was originally hosted by matt gallant but in 2005 uh, speaking of Mad TV, hosting duties were handed over to this guy, and I just find this a bizarre job for him in hindsight. Mm. See if you can guess who this is from the sound. W.C. Field said, never work with children or animals. Well, tonight's inductee chose to work with both. The animals never gave him a problem. It was the children, or should I say one specific child, Benjamin. It's Keegan-Michael Key. Okay, when you said Mad TV connection, that's right. the first person I thought Was of. it? Yes. I just, huh. like, it's such a weird gig for this dude who gets to kind of be... So silly and everything that he has to be this button-down Dave Coulier type for fucking clip show of animals. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Key and Peele is a couple years off. So, That's like, uh, this is what Keegan-Michael Key's doing, hosting a clip show on the Animal Planet. It's very funny to see those two guys' careers now. I don't know. I Sam and I are huge fans. Huge fans of Friends from College, and I think we're the only people watching it on Netflix. But I am, I someone else, please tell me you're watching it. And Keegan Michael Key is very good in it. Mm. Uh, what was the accent there, though? Unclear. Is anyone else hearing a yes? I think hoity toity. I think it was supposed to be a hoity toity. It was either ho- hoity or toity. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, so to- it was from North Toity. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yes. I didn't understand. A real Minnesotan hoity. Uh, also, One of the Minnesotan hoities. <laughs> also on the 17th, there's a Friends episode, uh, which I don't know what's remarkable about Friends. So, mm-hmm. like, I went and looked at this, uh, and I it's called, called the one that uh, the one with the girl who hits Joey. Yeah. And Joey is dating a very small girl who hits him all the time. Mm-hmm. So you're nodding like you know what this know. is. Do yeah, you, do you know the guest star is? Uh, here, let's see if we can get it. I, I would never get her from The Voice. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I like her a lot, and she's really nice, but... But what? She keeps punching me. <laughs> In the cute little sweet way she just did? Hey, it's a lot harder than it looks, okay? She's, she, she's hurting me. Well, see, I know what you need. You need a bodyguard. Hey, Ross, what has Ben doing after preschool? <laughs> oh, Joey. Oh, Joey. Uh, it's just Punky Brewster. <laughs> okay. Abuse is funny. It's uh, Punky Brewster as the hitty girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> she is always hitting her a bunch, hitting him a bunch. Yeah, she does like the Elaine get out yes. to punctuate sentences. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I could see that being very annoying. And eventually Joey puts on a shitload of... Uh, padding to avoid being hit by his girlfriend very very funny uh february 21st we got to say goodbye to hbo's little lulu show (laughs) hbo's kid shows have like no nostalgia or love for them Mm -mm. like it's just it's just strange Mm -hmm. trying to aren't they all like french remakes or something sometimes but little lulu is like an ancient comic book character Mm. that i think tracy ullman voiced in only the first season but it was on for three seasons because you know hbo's got to do something to Keep the kids looking in the early in the early morning. I never saw any of this cartoon, but it says goodbye today, and that is it for television. Video games are apparently non-existent this week in mm-hmm. 1999 as well. Trust me, they, we, we, may, we make up for it in the next segment. Uh, so let's get the fuck out of here from 1999. Let's beat up our bad printers to the sounds of Still by the Ghetto Boys uh, from Office Space, and we will be right back with 2009. Because 
Thank you for listening, good people. Are you warm enough? How are your feet? Woohoo! This episode is brought to you by Bombas, baby. Bombas, a sock that has been carefully crafted to improve on years of sock complacency. The Bombas people spent two years in research and dev in order to give you a better sock at a better price. Who wants to think about getting socks? I know mine are covered with holes and I have to throw them out on too regular a basis. But the Bomba socks have advanced blister protection for your heels and a technology for helping stocks stay up so you can avo- avoid those creepy running simpy sock guards. Even better for every pair you buy, one pair is donated to the homeless. And that's a good thing because socks are the most requested items at homeless shelters nowadays. Bombas offers you a 100% customer satisfaction guarantee and should you have any problem, Bombas will send you new socks or provide you with a full refund. Hey, maybe you'd like to get started right now and get 20% off your first order and you can do that by going to getbombas.com slash laser time once again that's getbombas.com slash laser time to get 20% off your first order would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time it supports not only this show but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste i don't know if i have a fat cat or i guess i do know that i have a fat cat she's portly but like it's just been so gradual i don't know how fat either of us have gotten since i got her until uh, my friend brought her daughter over here and she's like your cat is fat I'm like, okay, that's what kids are supposed to do, like unlock a little realism. So I put her on some indoor food, and I think she was having a little diarrhea, and we had a really, really odd moment, because like, Sarah was like, I think your cat's butt smells. I'm like, me too. <laughs> like, aren't they, that's a thing, they like lick their own asshole, but like they have diarrhea, and it's caking around the fur. Right, we right, We gotta right. take care of this. And then like, it just started smelling so bad. All right, Kiki, let's take care of this. And I put hot water on a dish towel. And I'm like, pet her, lie down, lie down. And then, boom, hot water on the asshole. And she's like, and then slowly she's like, say. (laughs) (laughs) That was the freakiest thing. She's making eye contact and then stops freaking out. Like, no, no, more like that. (laughs) More like that. So I'm sitting there like with a a grimace on my face, looking my cat in the eye and wiping her asshole I, th- I think we're married now. I was going to say, you found Legally, her. I think, I think so, yeah. yeah. You found her fetish, so. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. This is Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week, February 15th through 21, uh, yeah, I managed to scare something up. I always do. Somehow. Uh, 50 years ago, 1969. Honestly, no. Nothing really want to talk about. 75 years ago, 1944, uh, there was Passage to Marseille, which is another Warner Brothers movie that has like pretty much the whole cast of Casablanca in it. I hear this one is better than the previous one, which was Across the Pacific. That's not very good. But, uh, I mean, it's always... I love seeing Bogart and Claude Rains and Peter Lorre and Sidney Greenstreet just all stuck in a room together and then someone pulls a gun. That makes me happy. I'm I'm easy to make happy. Anyway, uh, the real one I'll actually talk about is 1939, 80 years ago, the legendarily great year of 1939. We've got absolute classic Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Victor McLaughlin, and Cary Grant in Gunga Din. Super... Old-timey adventure, rollicking good time, people getting punched in bars, 
fighting or army stuff. Racism, yes. Yes, there is racism. It's based on Rudyard Kipling's story, so of course there is racism. So you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt of like, at the time it was acceptable to have a white guy play an Indian guy who like super loves the British. Just, just roll with it. It was the style of the time. That doesn't make it right, but this is still just a really fun adventure movie. Um, you can totally see the bare bones of adventure movies years and years into the future. It's like, oh, this scene reminds me of blank. This scene reminds me of blank. Eh, that scene's kind of like Star Wars in the cantina. That's eh, kind of Indiana Jones over there. So if you want to go back to old-timey, thick-fisted punch-em-ups uh, in inspiring war stuff, uh, Ganga Din from 1939, I gotta recommend. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Time is precious, I look at my Cartier out of control Just like my mind where I'm going The women, the shorties, know nothing but clothes No stopping at my Pirelli's on Unlike my theory, that's always on I know the storm is coming My pockets keep telling me it's gonna shower Call up my homies, it's on and popping the night Cause it's meant to be hours We keep a fadeaway shot cause we ballin' This platinum Patron every hour Look, mama, ow, you just like the flowers Girl, you the truth with all that goody power Coming into 2009 with Right Round by Flo Rida. Flo Rida. Here's a really inappropriate Photoshop of us. Um, we went to Vegas for a friend's bachelor party and posted some pictures, and then somebody hangovered them to this song, because it's in the end of Hangover. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. then they put your husband, Diana, Michael's face, and Zach Galifianakis, where he's got his dick in the hooker's mouth. Like, <laughs> this... This looks like this Photoshop is too good. It looks <laughs> like Michael's actually there. Um, anyway, sorry, Michael. But it was funny at the time. 2009 music. Let's get into it. There are new releases by Thursday. Who could forget Thursday? I love Thursday. I love... Was that real? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what Thursday is. Uh, Common Existence by Thursday is out. Whole Time by M. Ward. Uh, The Century of Self by Annual Nose by The Trail of the Dead. That's a band I like. Uh, Years of Refusal by Morrissey and Scrambles by Bomb the Music Industry. Oh, son, you're never going to get a deal with that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, But yes, that is the musical landscape for February 15th through the 21st of 2009. I thought I wrote down some news here. Oh, well, I sort of have some news, mm. I thought. Did you take it out, Ty? I didn't think so. Oh, um, so I, I think a little bit of news. I don't know how significant this, this is, but over 300 channels this week uh, switch over from analog. Yeah, I saw finally, that. Finally. Oh, right. Uh, to to digital, a digital signal, and we move into an HD world. I remember learning about this in my communications class because uh, the FCC had required the television stations to do this like five years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kept fighting it and fighting it. They kept putting it off. And now I don't think they fight it as hard because that's how they have to compete with your Netflixes and your movies and your Blu-rays. They got to keep television at a good signal. But at the time, like there was a big fight. Because I think once you went digital, they can now keep going digital. And they, But at the, when they went digital... People had to get new televisions or get converters because right. their television yeah, could no longer. You had to get a little longer, converter right. box. Once you go digital, you can never go digital. Your grandma uses. 
says everyone. Everyone says that now. Yeah. Uh, but that is that is happening right now. We're getting ready for an HD world, and I'll tell you a little more, more about that in the television. But we got to get to the movies of 2009, February 15th to the 21st. 35 shots of rum. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's a French movie directed by Claire Denis, which means um, it's also kind of a bummer, and it's like a family drama, and people have problems, and then they're sad. And they're French, and they're sad. I feel like it should be much more lively with that title. (laughs) It's supposed to be really good, though. It's one of those where it's like, I'm not sure I've heard of this one, but I like the filmmaker. Oh, it's got a 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, well, now I'm just an uncultured dick. (laughs) It's 35 shots of rum. But that's okay, because the rest of the movies for 2009, not comparing with 99 and 89 right now. Sorry, guys. Yeah, because I I can't even remember if I heard of the movie Fired Up, uh, starring John Michael Higgins, Sarah Romer, uh, Eric Christian Olsen, and Nicholas... Diagosta? I don't know. Nick and Sean are two of the best players in the state. Oh, pumped for football camp. Two weeks without girls, we wouldn't be bummed. But this summer... Are you guys psyched for cheer camp or what? There's going to be 300 girls up there who want it just as much as we do. 300 girls who want it just as much as we do. Screw football. Let's go cheer. Okay, I do. That's what it was. The guys who joined the cheerleading Mm -hmm. team. Straight guys. That's why it's funny. That's hilarious. That's why it's hilarious. That's all right. We're still getting the old world out of us. Uh, But number one, number one this week at the box office, Medea goes to jail. Um, Yeah. Is this, is this, I don't know if this is the. Third Medea movie, yeah, okay. but it might be but the first still one. Still based on a play. Debut yes, at number one, probably yes. But Derek Luke, Keisha Knight Pullman, and uh, some guy named Tyler Perry, and Medea goes to jail. Nobody lays down the law. Who the hell are all these people in my house? Like Medea. But on February twentieth, she's always running from the police. She's a popo ho. The law. I ain't going. I ain't going. Is coming down on her. I run this prison. You better back the hell up out of my face. What you gonna do? Tyler Perry's Madea goes to jail. Rated PG-13. In theaters everywhere February 20th. I feel like I might have seen this movie, actually. Are you sure you just didn't know who Madea was? Yeah, well, you know, I am fascinated by Tyler Perry. Right. And his empire. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I just... Right. I think I said it on another yeah. podcast. And I think people so thought I was making a crass joke when Stan Lee died. Like, who else has created a universe this big right. other than Tyler Perry? And everyone yeah. was silent. Like, no, I'm fucking serious. Like, no, I agree. It's I a totally huge agree. universe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, go go on go on Wikipedia and look up just Medea. And I, I, I was like, looking up information about like, oh, was this based on a play first? Because a lot of these, you know, the character comes from plays that he did. I was like, oh, this was based on a play, you know, start Medea. And it's lit. And I like, you know, click on the link because I'm expecting this. I want a list of plays and movies Medea's in. No, you get a massive biography <laughs> of all of her relatives <laughs> and her attitudes about different things and what movie that appeared in. And oh, and Meet the Browns, she was in a car chase, which carries over to this movie. And it's like, oh my God, like the century is as long as World War II. <laughs> yeah. it's There's a lot of people in the Medea-verse, guys. Yeah. It's fascinating to me, like that whole empire and Tyler Perry himself is like truly a fascinating person, like how he's Mm -hmm. come up and living in the glass closet and (laughs) his most recent turn in Vice as Colin Powell, some casting I (laughs) do not agree with. I've not seen that yet. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah. It's he's it's fascinating that whole um, story of how that's come about is really interesting. I was trying to find out. 
So good. I was trying to find out what sent Medea to jail. Um, and it's anger management what issues. Did... Yeah. And I yep. don't. She's, she's... Now I'm bored. She's angry. <laughs> now I'm bored. Uh, what, yeah, she's, what... she's an angry black woman and she has a diary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. She's mad. Oh. She's mad. She's a mad black woman. She's so mad. I was just surprised that, wait, this was a play also because it sounds, it seems like so many of the jokes are based on that she's in lockup and she's stuck in this one in, you know, in the yard with so-and-so and and then she's stuck in a cell with so-and-so and and then eventually, you know, she takes over the whole cell block and she becomes a, you know, master criminal. Hey, look, a theater is a great place to stage a prison drama. You don't have to go anywhere. That's true. It's kind of a good set piece. Yeah. It is awesome. I don't know. It's the, the it's the size of the prison. I always think about like the the long walkway with the row after row of cells. I feel like you need some of that. <laughs> yes, just in time for Black History Month, Medea goes to jail. I'm, all, <laughs> I'm only I'm only saying that. Uh, Why Black... isn't it Medea goes to Congress for Black <laughs> yes. History Month? Uh, but also late... pitching that idea to Tyler Perry, Medea goes to Congress. <laughs> Medea... Why not? Where are you, supposed to, are you supposed to go now? She's had two Halloween scares. She's had two booze. That's <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, Black History Month. Speaking of, we did because um, TL Foster wanted to. We're celebrating black sitcoms this week on Laser Time. Awesome. So, uh, to, just saying to, to sugarcoat the idea that we don't know shit about Matia. <laughs> uh, talking about black sitcoms on Laser Time. Anyway, moving the television of 2009. Remember what I said earlier about TVs going HD? Uh, the Simpsons is broadcast in HD for the first time, and I always find that fascinating. Uh, whether you were like a, a little kid watching reruns and stuff and like, why the fuck is Gilligan in black and white? Because it was on, on the cusp. Why is Andy Griffith in black and white or color? Because it's on the cusp. The Simpsons has lasted so long, it's on the cusp of many things up to and including high definition signal. But uh, 10 years ago, Simpsons finally went out in HD for the first time with the season 20 episode, Take My Life, Please. Uh, and Bart wrote on the chalkboard, HD TV is worth every cent. That was the chalkboard gag this week. Gotcha. Um, and also, speaking of plugging laser times, uh, after 16 years on February 20th, Conan O'Brien celebrates his last late night episode of Late Night with Conan O'Brien and has this to say uh, about who he is taking over for. Uh, I'd like to say something about Mr. Jay Leno. Jay Leno is, from day one, uh, has called me uh, constantly uh, and, and offered his support. Every night at the end of The Tonight Show, Jay Leno says, stay tuned for Conan O'Brien. He has done that since 1993. Uh, I owe that man a great deal and so my thanks to Jay Leno for all he's done for me. So sweet to see a just a peaceful handing over of the torch. Uh, I'm sure Conan would never go on to regret that. Thanks. Um, again, there's an episode of Laser Time all about all about uh, Conan O'Brien's Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and you can hear all that all that uh, mudslinging, all those wonderful monologues making fun of Jay Leno on Laser Time. LaserTimePodcast.com. And if you're a patron, we put up to celebrate. Conan in general, because we're going to kind of relive that episode, I guess, throughout the next couple of weeks, because uh, exactly. this is going to be drawn Over the out. the next couple months, we're going to we're gonna get to go through all of this in slow motion. Uh, first, you know, Fallon takes over Late Night, and Conan takes over Tonight Show, and then Leno takes over that 10 p.m. slot, then gets bumped, and then everybody starts shuffling. Yep. And uh, David Letterman gets re-energized for some reason. He gets to talk shit on everyone, Leno every night. Everyone wanted to watch watched, uh, the Letterman to see, like, oh, what's his take on this? Mm-hmm. Oh, he telling tales. And uh, he once, don't give a fuck. Once again, I'll always and forever be on Conan's side. I don't care if he was losing the ratings to Craig Ferguson, dear commenter. 
Um, but to celebrate on patreon.com slash laser time, you not only have a brand new episode of the listener strike back from this show, 30, 2010, you can watch Conan's 10th anniversary special, the NBC fucking primetime, beautiful special. That's hilarious. Wall to wall that NBC has kind of buried and made impossible to watch. Mm -hmm. We made it possible for you via patreon.com slash laser time. In addition to over a hundred movie commentaries and a weekly exclusive show and 30, 2010 stuff out the wazoo. Anyway, that's, that's television for 2009. February is not a big time for TV. Uh, no debuts wow. or conclusions There's, this week. Yeah, they get some sweeps and stuff, but yeah, I think some of it's still coming. Yeah, yeah. I think it's on the way. Uh, but we do have, it is a much, much bigger, it's like almost compensating for the lack of games in the first two decades. Uh, 2009, Dragon Quest V and Blue Dragon come to Nintendo DS. Nobi Nobi Boy, the follow-up to Katamari Damacy, comes oh, to PS3, mm. and I think only recently just concluded, Prinny, can I really be the hero? Comes out on PSP. <laughs> this is a, a, a game of platformers starring the uh, Prinny from uh, the Disgaea series. They're the like cute little background penguins that finally get to star in their own series. And I, oh, right. Are they penguins with little backpacks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have a toy of one of them. Yeah, yeah. I think we all did in the games industry for a little while. They also, to yep. speak of a different time, gave out thongs and uh, girls' underwear to the press. Cool. Yes, different time. Great. But this game, I think it's, it's cachet, if I'm not mistaken, you start out with 1,000 lives. You only get 1,000 lives. So oh. you can waste them all, but like that's there's no continues and no saves. You have 1,000 lives, so you can die. You will die a lot over and over and over again, but just try not to die 1,000 times. If you're firing up that PSP and your UMDs, um, GTA 4, one of the biggest games of all time, gets its first DLC this week, and it is a significant one. I think uh, sort of, no, I guess not predating, um, what's the motorcycle show on FX? Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, not, did we already talk about Sons of Anarchy? That's already aired at this point, hasn't it? Yeah. Yes. But uh, The Lost and the Damned is this really weird DLC, takes this look at Liberty City and kind of oranges everything up. You get these brand new choppers and you're now the main character is Johnny, this head of the, the biker game called uh, The Damned. And it changes up the soundtrack uh, one of a couple of my favorites went in there. They got uh, Jane, the opening from um, Wet Hot American Summer that mm -hmm. they still use mm -hmm. in the show, and uh, Queens Queens One. What is it? One Vision that just ends with Freddie Mercury screaming "Fried Chicken." I don't know if it's in the new movie or not, but it's a great song. <laughs> okay, um, but yes, that is out, and perhaps the biggest game of the week, maybe even the year, maybe even the decade for some of you. That would be the theme song to Street Fighter 4. Vanilla, uh, indestructible. Street Fighter 4 comes back with a fucking vengeance. The first numbered series in the Street Fighter series in over over 10 years comes out this week, and everybody is kind of yeah. as astonished. Yeah, they, this hadn't existed in a while. The arcade scene in America is completely, com pretty completely dead. There aren't, like, the fighting game genre is almost entirely dead. Uh, and then Street Fighter 4 comes out, and it's, like, not only fun for new players to play. If you remembered how to do the moves for these old characters, you can do them all in this brand new sure. 3D game. And it, oh, complete, it completely kicked off uh, the last 10 years we've seen of, of, of fighting game esports dominance. Like it's, it to me, it's crazy. And especially because having known some of the people involved, like I don't know if anybody is going to want to buy a fight stick for their PlayStation. I don't know. I don't know. That's really more of a niche thing. And it, got off the ground. It sold out immediately. It told the world everybody had missed fighting games so much and we're so happy to have them back. The genre is automatically revitalized. And wow. uh, Street Fighter is once again, I think it's, you know, I did work at that company for a while, but I believe the 
rule of thumb, it is the second most recognized video game IP in the world after Mario. Wow. You, yeah. Like, you, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, everybody everybody can name at least five Street Fighter characters. It's pretty mm-hmm. nuts, despite having never seen any of the movies. I'm sure you can. Who's the girl in blue, Sarah? <laughs> um, I know Chun-Li. There you go. You get it. All right. There, done. And then there's someone named Guile. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. There's two. Then, Are you going for five? I can wait. Oh, there's like a little warthoggy looking person. Yes, from Brazil. <laughs> Fuck, what, that's, what is that name? Um, what does I, it start with? I don't know. Do you just want to leave it blank? For Blanca? Now? Okay, she got this. Okay, All right, I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm tapping out. Uh, but yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I did not know this was coming out because next week we have a tie-in to talk about. Do we really? Ooh, One of the exciting. worst movies of 2009. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty unfortunate. But hilariously bad. A fun bad movie. Ooh. But like, I, I'm yeah. not I'm not kidding. Like, I think uh, even your parents wouldn't bat an eye if you told them like they're televising a video game tournament this weekend on ESPN that's been happening for fucking years mm-hmm. and it, mm-hmm. it wasn't happening because of Fortnite or PUBG it was happening because of Street Fighter and and I, I think Street Fighter kicked off not only the fighting game scene anew it kicked off competitive games uh, in a way we're still we're still very much enjoying right now so like I, I can't say I, I, I don't know of anything more important this year that's going to happen with games and the release wow. of Street Fighter 4 because that, that shit would uh, I think people are still playing it Think not millions, but thousands of people still play Street Fighter Four, even though Five's out to this day. Big goddamn deal. And that is about it for thirty twenty ten. Uh, we used to read one of your comments here. Now we have a whole show where you guys are basically the stars, and you you get to give your feedback and tell us what's up and tell us what we did wrong. Um, yeah, or you just your memories. You know, mm-hmm. did the burbs scare you because you were six, or yes. you really want to go to bat for October Sky? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but please, it wouldn't. I didn't hear it sound do. that sarcastic about it because <laughs> I went to bat for October Sky. Are but... you an astronaut because of October Sky? Ooh, dude, Let tell, us know if we have any astronauts. You decided listeners. you were you were being forced to go into physics, and then you saw that movie, and you're like, I want to be a coal miner. Yes, God damn it! Yes. And you followed your dream. It looks way less hard than being an astronaut. Ah, this coal mining thing, I can't get it out of my head now. Ooh, Thank God we have this president. All the canaries. <laughs> yeah, adorable. <laughs> Cole's coming back cleaner than ever. That show is on patreon.com slash laser time, which supports the whole laser time network. Uh, laser time this week is all about uh, the best black sitcoms. Uh, according to TL, like and I'm pretty much in agreement there. And of course there's one we just don't want to talk about. So we missed it. Of course we didn't bring that one up. Uh, and uh, video game apocalypse. We just celebrated our 300th episode uh, hosted by Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez and Maddie Allen. Uh, but that, that show has been nothing but fun. And this week, I think we're talking about something involving RPGs. So check that out. So there's, a, we'll also always talk about the new releases and news. But we do a fun little magazine segment up front. You don't have to be paying attention to particularly anything to enjoy the sweet sounds of silliness that Michael comes up with. Uh, and of course, once again, Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. We thank you guys so much for uh, helping keep the network afloat uh, throughout this weird, weird time, uh, and, and keep supporting the show. Uh, sorry for the occasional delays; those are going to be, be cut down exponentially as we move forward. And again, we can't thank you guys enough. But Diana, who is yep. dead? Well, I'm going to talk about the death, the cycle of death and rebirth. Uh, we only have one death this week, but it sucks. 1999, we lost Gene Siskel. He was 53. Fuck you, brain cancer. 
Jesus. God, I can't believe it's been 20 years. I can't believe 53 yep. feels young. God, I got old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. I know. He was just always about that age for like his whole life, I thought. Oh. But um, yeah, and this all ties together because uh, his first sign that something was wrong was he got an incredible headache right as they were about to go on Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Really, and mm. basically had to fake his fake and grit his way through it, and then mm. rush to the hospital. And then it turns out the last thing that he reviewed, at least in print, was "She's All That." Oh wow! <laughs> he gave it a favorable review. He okay. knew it was his last one. I'm not gonna watch a movie I hate. <laughs> last movie I, I see. I don't mm-hmm. know. He's being a pro. He's gonna keep keep doing it. Oh, anyway. anyway, so with them deaths, I talk about. I want to talk about birds. Oh, birthday is a doodle. Oh boy. Okay, we've got a birthday. Someone born during the show. I gotta do one of these every time we hit it. Born February 16th, 1989. Happy 30th birthday, famous person. 1989. Um, She was born into a famous acting family, but she didn't skate. She took her craft seriously. She studied at NYU, Moscow Art Theater School, and the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center. I'm not expecting to get it. I should have got it, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. How the fuck did you do what? that? <laughs> Seriously? Uh, she was shocked too. Yeah. Yes. Is what? that it? Uh, is Sarah's, that it? Sarah's literally shocked if that's right. Apparently. Oh my God. That is literally right. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. From, Fine. you know, Martha, Marcy, May Marlene and yeah. Avengers and Godzilla and Wind River. An, acting, River. A, an acting family? An acting family. She's She's got like her first stuff when she's like four is she's like on her sister's How the West Was Fun. I saw that one. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, which is weird because like she looks like her sisters, the she Olsen does. twins. So it's like, wouldn't that be kind of suspicious? If they walk past another one of them, and it's like they're cloning them. <laughs> <laughs> but this one looks better, and she does nudity. And she's better actress, yes. frankly. Yeah. yeah well, but then we haven't seen Mary Kate or Ashley like try as adults. So I think wasn't one of them in Weeds for a while. Was... Yeah, one of them was. I think it was Mary Kate. I think I know my business. Yeah, I know my business. I saw to, to huh. grandmother's house we go. I've seen. I know. I know their work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, congratulations, Sarah. You're welcome. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Um, Thank you. Okay. Well, we got to close crazy. down thirty twenty ten for the week. But we got plenty more podcasts to listen uh, listen to. Lasertimepodcast.com is your. Let that be your guide. Uh, keep marching. We'll take us out by uh, Raphael Sadiq off of the Medea Goes to Jail soundtrack. Come back. Meet us here. We'll talk more about thirty twenty and ten years ago next week. People. Goodbye. If we're feeling kind of strange. If you wanna